Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is a Spawn Daily episode. Once again, joined by my cohort, Blake Whitlow. For those not aware, Blake's the one that put together the Spawn reading order that we're using to celebrate 30 years of Spawn and go through and read all these issues, as well as a lot of the tangential material like Violator and Angela and Curse of Spawn and Sam and Twitch and all that other stuff that adds context to the main story that Todd McFarlane is telling in the main Spawn series. So yes, 30 years of Spawn, 30 years of Image Comics. And not only that, the Spawn movie should be gaining some traction. I hope that they start uh, production on it this year. Uh, when I heard Todd talk a couple, uh, actually the last week, I guess, a little over a week ago, eight days ago, he was saying that for a long time, the Spawn movie production has been crawling along and all of a sudden it just hit warp speed. Uh, and so things are happening really, really fast, which that's how ten, uh, things tend to happen in Hollywood, right? Like you're going along, you're in development, pre-production, that kind of thing, getting all the ducks in a row. But then all of a sudden it comes time to actually start filming and everything goes warp speed because filming costs money, right? Actually being in production is where the money is spent. So that's the kind of stuff the actual filming gets done really quick. Then you go to post-production and depending on how long special effects and that kind of thing uh, it can take. So anyway, uh, the other aspect of this is the fact that there is a spawn connected universe that Todd launched last year with the scorched and King spawn and gunslinger spawn, which want to be able to read and understand and have context for, but having never read the main spawn series, I'm not there. So this is another reason that we're, uh, that we're going down this path that we're trying to read all of spawn in a year. Uh, apologies. I know I said this last episode, we missed a couple days. I uh, just had a lot of stuff going on logistically and couldn't make it work. That being said, <laughs> Blake just pointed out, I never released the episode that we recorded for 
episode 60 or issue number 62. So I w- we would have had one less day that was missed. So apologies for that. I'm going to drop that uh, tomorrow or today as you are listening to this, if you're listening on the day that it, uh, that it drops. So tomorrow, today, whatever, whenever you're listening to it, at the end of the day, the episode for 62 and the episode for 63 are going to drop on the same day. Keep in mind that 62 takes place in the reading order before Curse of Spawn number 11, which is the final issue of that uh, three-issue Angela arc where she takes on Argus and vows vengeance against Durgis and battles Lilith and whatever. So uh, we're going to dive into 63 in this episode, but I did want to give you a chance, Blake, since you weren't able to join me for Curse of Spawn 11. Uh, You know, I, I said that I just, it didn't resonate with me. It felt like it was a lot of seeds planted for future stories of Angela. Obviously, Todd didn't have the rights to her. So he lost mm-hmm. the rights to her soon after. So I don't know. We've we've talked before when we did the first two issues about uh, Alan McElroy, the writer, kind of putting in this, you know, magic babble sort of stuff, uh, just mm-hmm. throwing terms in there. And it, I don't know. It didn't land for me. And it, it sort of felt like, wait, what's going on? What's this? Um you know, Elysium hourglass, this Elysium lock that supposedly holds the power. It was never clear to me. Wait, is it, is it the time that Lilith had? Is it the time all angels had? I don't know. It just, it seemed like a lot of big ideas, but it was all over the place. So I don't know. Maybe I missed something. Maybe it was on me. What were your thoughts about it? That issue? So my, my thoughts on it were very similar to yours. Okay. The writing was subpar. And I don't mean anything against the writer, because as we've seen through the other Curse of Spawn stories, he's a very talented writer and he can be phenomenal when he's got the right story, the right material. He knows certain characters very well and he does well with those characters, but I don't think he exactly knew what he was going for here. There's a lot of ideas that are thrown out there that are given no explanation. Like this Elysium lock thing just appears out of nowhere. And okay, so how is this important? There's no explanation as to what the Kron device in the first couple issues was, what it like, what it does, what it's for. Like we're not given any kind of like context for it. If he had instead chosen to boil it down, simplify it a little bit. You know, you've got a three issue arc. You can't have like a giant sweeping science fiction fantasy epic about angels and devils and stuff. You can't boil that down to 60 pages, you know, because that's what he had to work with is the three issues, 20 page issues. That's about 60 pages. And he just threw way too much into these issues and did not take the time to set anything up the whole lilith character that's introduced in that final issue felt like there was a lot of tension there between Mm -hmm. angela and, and this this new lilith character but we're not given any kind of backstory on her who is she why is there like any kind of tension and then it immediately ends as soon as we're introduced with this new thread it's like oh this might be some kind of ongoing Nope, she's dead now. <laughs> so. Well, she does disappear at the end, you know, her skeleton or whatever disappears at the end. But yeah, I agree with you. It felt it, it didn't feel fleshed out and it felt like a lot of setup, like I said. And maybe, you know, in, in fairness to McElroy, maybe he was planning on going back to it. But then again, 
Angela's, you know, removed, they lose the rights and then, yeah, it ends up for, it ends up for not. So, so anyway, I'm wondering uh, if those uh, rights issues kind of led the direction yep. of the, the production of it. It's like, okay, there's only certain things we could do. Maybe they had like, maybe this was kind of their backdoor pilot to an Angela series and because he lost the rights, that series never got made or something. I don't yeah, know. that that very well could be. You might be onto something there because it seems like, yeah, she vows, you know, she's going to go after the Durgis or whatever. And it, it seemed like a lot of seed, like I said, uh, when I mm-hmm. recorded the episode, a lot of seeds were planted. Nothing was paid off. But yeah, that that idea of a backdoor pilot, that, that could have been 100 percent. The Curse of Spawn series is an anthology series. And around that time, I believe it started coming out in like 96, 97, and it ran until like the early 2000s. Around that time period, they started pumping out like a lot of different mini series for for Spawn. That's when the Cygor series came out. There was a sub series called Spawn the Undead. That's when the Spawn Dark Ages series came out. There's a lot of other series that kind of popped out around the same time. And I think they were all sort of taken inspiration from ideas that spawned initially in the curse of spawn anthology series what did people like what issues sold really well okay let's take those ideas and then expand on them more in a full series so yeah it makes you wonder and i don't know that todd would ever admit this but i mean you think he regrets the way he handled it you know taking the rights away from neil gay no he just stopped paying him royalties you know like if he had just kept paying him the royalties you wonder how things might have been different because Angela was definitely, funny. Funny. yeah, you know, yeah, Angela was definitely a fan favorite. I, I never really cared for her as a character, mm-hmm. but she was definitely a fan favorite. So, anyway, let me go ahead and share my screen. We will, we will move on away from that and on to spawn number 63. Now, <laughs> again, this is kind of strange. Make sure that you go and I will release 62 first in the morning and then I'll release this one in the afternoon. Make sure you've listened to that one. Because 62 ends with a crazy cliffhanger of Al Simmons' face seemingly restored. He no longer looks like chewed up bubblegum. He looks actually human. And so when we look at the credits for this one, we see story by Todd McFarlane. Pencils are by Greg Capullo. Inks by McFarlane and Chance Wolf. Lettering by Orzakowski. Colors by Brian Haberlin and Dan Kemp. The art direction and design by Brent Ash. And we also have that inside the front cover, like we talked about uh, last time, mirroring uh, and, uh, and and kind of foreshadowing the Spawn film that comes out this same year, right around the same time. And in uh, the 62 summary, we're reminded that Spawn confronted Jason Wynn only to have Wynn say, hey, just so you know, if I die, Terry and Wanda and Cyan die too. You know, I've, I've left orders basically upon my death that they're to be eliminated. So he's got a, got uh, spawn in a Mexican standoff. So spawn goes back to uh, his alley after threatening win and saying, Hey, I don't care. Uh, you, maybe you've managed to keep prevent me from killing you right now, but I will find a way and I will prove to you that I can get to you anytime, anywhere. In fact, I'll be at your office tonight at 10. Uh, and we, we discuss whether or not he should have, made that decision or, uh, and ultimately we kind of decided that, yeah, it's kind of a, an interesting aspect. It's basically Al Simmons saying you can't protect yourself. And not only that, it's a way strategically where, you know, Al can say, if Wynn knows I'm coming, he's going to throw everything he can at me. 
So I'm going to learn what, you know, what his full capabilities are. You know, I'm going to be able to gather a lot of intelligence and, uh, and then use my abilities to probably be able to reach him anyway. So uh, it's a, in a way, a fact finding mission as well. Uh, so as Spawn's hanging out in the alley, Angela shows up, big uh, beam of antimatter energy hits. And as I said, uh, Spawn is somehow healed from that, I guess, which is kind of strange. And that's where this one uh, kicks off. And you can see one of his buddies there like, holy crap, you Al, you have a face. And, and Al's like, well, you know, what are you talking about? And he goes and looks at his reflection in the water. He's like, man, I, I don't understand. I'll, I, he, he's right. I look like myself again. All my scabs are gone. I'm a man again. Is this just hell trying to mess with me? Like what's going on? And his buddy's like, I got to go tell everybody else. Got to celebrate. It's so great. And Spawn's like, no, don't say anything until I understand what's going on. And the, the guy's like, well, everybody will be so happy for you. And Spawn's like, don't, you got to listen to what I'm saying, right? I got to know what the hell is going on. Like literally what the hell is going on. I'll get out of here before I lose my patience. I need time to think. And the guy goes running off and is like, all right, whatever you want. Sure. And then he calls him, a, you know, what a tight ass. But he's got a like Al's got a point here. He's not sure what's going on. He's been burned enough to know that he, he needs to gather information. He needs to understand what's going on before he just, you know, makes a decision or reveals something that, you know, his enemies can use against him. And he does notice that his eyes are still blank. And that kind of shows him that, hey, you know, this is still a body made out of necroplasm. And yeah, he, he definitely thinks he's of the opinion that this is hell uh, messing with him, but maybe possibly it's due to that blast of energy that, as he puts it, nailed Angela and I both. Um, but obviously he's not he's not sure. So uh, he decides that uh, he needs to prepare for his attack on Jason Wynn. So he goes and sits in his chair and allows himself to be covered by all these worms and night crawlers and just it's a pretty gruesome image when you look at it everything but his face is just covered with these worms uh, which you know we've seen time and again gather evil from all the dead murdered bodies that are dumped in this place where he lives on a consistent basis and they nourish uh, both al and his symbiote and so in that way, he's preparing for his uh, attack later. Meanwhile, Jason Wynn is preparing as well. Now, now Wynn hasn't gone out and told his uh, his people that, hey, Spawn's coming to attack me. Instead, he's just saying, I got this terrorist threat because uh, he knows that if he comes right out and says, hey, Spawn's going to attack me and Spawn doesn't show up, then Wynn loses a bunch of cr uh, credibility. So it's not you know, out of the realm of possibility that it would be some sort of terrorist group that's threatening Jason Wynn. I mean, he's a very powerful person in the intelligence agency. So that's what he says. Hey, it's just, I've gotten this threat. And the guy that's in charge says they're going to have uh, over 300 specialists on hand to protect Wynn. So Wynn feels uh, pretty safe. Meanwhile, as the sun goes down, we see Al is uh, uh, freshly fed, I guess you'll say. Uh, and he, he goes a little venom here. And uh, by that, I mean, his, he has his symbiote costume changed into regular clothes, which I've always thought the whole idea of a symbiote costume. I mean, McFarlane went from uh, Amazing Spider-Man and helping co-create Venom to the regular Spider-Man book to this book. So he's not that far removed from, you know, that idea that 
a symbiote can uh, assume different forms and shapes and whatnot. So a little Spider-Man derivative, but not, not a big deal. And we do see him grab some uh, sunglasses so he can uh, disguise his eyes. Meanwhile, Sam and Twitch are still trying to, to get in touch with Spawn, still trying to figure out who it was that put the Billy Kincaid corpse in their office, who it was that got him fired, what the heck was going on with, with Chief Banks. They're still kind of wrapped up in that uh, in that mystery. So um, once they, uh, they get a phone call here and they decide that um, they're going to go looking in the, uh, in the alleys of rat city for, uh, for spawn. Meanwhile, at the Fitzgerald household, Terry's uh, teaching his daughter how to play catch or trying anyway. And we get a little Jose Canseco reference here. Cause you know, McFarland's a huge, huge baseball fan. And lo and behold, who shows up, but Al Simmons. Now, I guess he timed it right as Wanda was going inside because even though he does, he's bald now, he doesn't have hair. Terry recognizes him as Al. Uh, and he's like, Al, you know, what are you doing here? And so Al explains, hey, I uh, just wanted you to know what's going on. And Terry's like, well, what, what, what's going on? What's up with your face? I thought you couldn't change back. He's like, my powers are constantly changing. I don't, I don't know what that's about. But uh, I wanted to let you know what's going on with Jason Wynn, and then I'm going to take him out tonight. And Terry's like, "That's you know, that's not the plan. We worked on doing this methodically, and you know, by the book." And Al's like, "Well, we can't do that anymore. He's on to you. He knows. So we've got to change those plans, and you know, I've got to make sure that that you are safe, and Cyan is safe, and Wanda is safe. Um, and once I've done that, I'm telling you, I'm coming back for Wanda." I'm going to let her know that I'm alive uh, and I'm going to do everything I can to get my wife, get my wife back. And this is just, you know, Terry's like, what? <laughs> she's like, she's my wife too. You think I'm just going to roll over and let you just take her? Like, uh, and Spawn's like, move. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, in a way I don't, I mean, I understand where Al's coming from and we've talked about this extensively, you know, for, for everybody else, five years have gone by and they've had a chance to move on. And that's just not the case with Al Simmons. Mm -hmm. And him, everything's so fresh. It's only been like maybe a year at most. Well, not only that, but we've, we've talked about how Wanda brings out the best in him, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's the one that grounded him and, and healed him in a lot of ways. And she, I think in Al's mind, Wanda, Wanda represents the good, the good in the world, the good in himself. He feels like he's a better person when he's with her. Now he's this hell spawn who's out, who has this power and he's out killing and murdering and definitely living in the gray kind of area. And, you know, we've talked about him lashing out and getting angry at times. And we felt that that anger's come from a sense of shame about, you know, who he is and what he's doing and, you know, feeding off of evil that's, passed along from worms that crawl all over his body. Like the guy's not in a good place. So I think in his mind, he still sees Wanda as that, as that person that brings out the best in him, you know, and maybe he's thinking, well, if I can get, if I can get back with Wanda, a couple things, first of all, it makes all this horrible trauma that I've gone through ever since I returned worth it. And secondly, 
you know, maybe I can be closer to the better version of myself that I was when I was alive and I was with her. But you can also see Terry's side of it. Like, what the hell, dude? You can't just come back. Like, she has moved on. But uh, what's telling is as uh, Al walks away, he says, we've just become enemies. And then, of course, Wanda comes out. And, you know, if I was if I was watching this, if this was unfolding in a TV show, the fact that Al shows up always just as Wanda goes off panel mm-hmm. and then right before she comes back on panel, he disappeared. I would be getting frustrated. Be like, it's sort of, <laughs> it's almost like, um, like when Mary Jane in the, in the early amazing Spider-Man comics, every time Aunt May would try to, um, would try to set up a, a meeting with her. I can't remember what Aunt May's aunt is named. Aunt, um, May Parker's best friend. They were always trying to set up Mary Jane and Peter and, it, you know, would always not work out. One or the other wouldn't show up or they would just miss each other. And I got to think at the time that readers are like, oh, come on. We're never going to actually meet this person. Yeah. Or these two people is Al has met Wanda in uh, what was it? Issue like 19 or 20, somewhere in the early 20s. There is that that moment where she goes into the alleys to uh, to thank spawn for you know protecting her husband and you know she gets attacked by the gangsters and then he takes yeah yeah and then there's that awesome shot of the two of them just face to face and he looks like oh my gosh oh my gosh my wife is in front of me and like the the framing of it was was great because there was like a little heart spotlight on them yeah uh, that she thinks that he's a monster (laughs) yeah i guess i'm more talking about whenever Al, because I mean, the fact of the matter is, if if Wanda were to see Terry and Spawn talking, or certainly Terry and Al talking right here, then she's going to be asking, you know, a lot more questions. She has her suspicions, but she hasn't seen, you know, like when they were talking in the bathroom and Wanda overheard. Um, But yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely a thing. (coughs) Definitely a thing in the night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Definitely a, a a coincidence, kind of situation so anyway we see spawn back in the alley and we get the requisite hey i'm gonna um i'm gonna arm up you know straight out of like arnold schwarzenegger and commando let me grab the grenades let me grab the bandolier let me fire up the gun with the laser sight and jason Wynn is preparing his um his troops as well so cog is there and as always cog with the hindsight is 2020 kind of thing and saying uh so Al, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, are you, are you giving in to exactly what Hells wanted you to do? You're going to go out there and try to get revenge. You know, Mal Bulger is going to be pretty pleased. And Spawn's like, you know what? You got something to say, say it. Otherwise can the sarcasm, cause I'm not in the mood for your crap. Um, and also try to remember th- what it was like to be a man. I know you told me that you were a Spawn at one point. I don't know if you were just trying to impress me, but you know, remember what it was like in, 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 and help me, right. Help me in my fight. But either way, whatever you do, whether you're going to help me or you're going to hold a grudge, whatever, you got to stop expecting things from me. You know, I'm, you're not, you're not the boss of me. Is kind of what he's kind of what he's saying. And Cog's like, well, I can't, I can't help you. And Spawn's like, yeah, you know, of course you can't. And Cog, he says, I, I don't, I don't have the luxury of time. And we're not exactly given context to what that means. But Cog says, even if I did have time, 
I, I wouldn't help you because I don't think you've weighed the consequences of your actions. You know, you've been given your identity back. You, your face is back. You look human. Don't assume that that's going to last forever. And I was like, that's exactly why I'm doing this. I don't know how long it's going to last. So I need to go take out when and then go try to get my life back, you know, concentrate on what's important. And Cog's like, uh, if there's something else that's important to you, make that your priority instead of this. Don't you see you're doing exactly what hell wants you to do? You're playing their game. Mm -hmm. But Al, he can't see past what he wants, which is to stick it to Jason Wynn, basically. As much as he loves Wanda, he could, you know, he could have gone up to her at that moment. He could have given, you know, said, you know what, I'll be here to protect Wanda and Cyan and to a lesser extent, Terry. And you know, not necessarily live and let live, but at least lay low until you know a way to to take out Jason Wynn. So as much as he purports to love Wanda, I don't know, Cog has a point here, you know? And then the issue says, uh, ends with Spawn saying, well, you know, if I'm going to play Hell's Game, I'll play it dirty. And we have a, a, a full splash page there of him heading off towards uh, towards Wynn's office. So um, fantastic Capullo art, really great coloring in this issue. Um. I, I do find the way that Al looks a little weird. <laughs> I'm just, maybe it's just not used to seeing him with a regular face, uh, but also in all the flashbacks that we saw of him previously, he always had hair and now he's mm -hmm. bald. Um, he's looked very different in yeah. this issue compared to uh, the art style from previous issues, which I, I chalk that up to our artistic, you know, differences and stuff, you know, this is just how, he's being visualized for this particular story. And, you know, they, they make it very clear that Terry immediately recognizes Al. Yeah. So for the context of the story, this is what Al's face looks like, even though visually it is different from what we've seen before. Yeah. And mostly it's the lack of hair that looks yeah. really different. So you, I wonder if they, I mean, I get it because Spawn is bald, but I mean, mm -hmm. if his skin's going to regenerate, why not his hair as well? I mean, yeah. Yes. Does he have eyebrows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think really. It's hard I to think tell. He does. It's hard to tell, but it doesn't. It doesn't really look like he does. They're not. I mean, he's got glasses on, some big sunglasses on for half the the issue, so it's it's definitely hard to tell. But it doesn't kind of doesn't look like he does. So what I think but, is interesting is that he starts the issue off telling this homeless guy his his friend to not tell everybody keep a low profile keep this news to yourself because i don't know what this means and i don't know if it's even going to last forever or if it's temporary and then immediately gets dressed up in nice duds goes to terry's place to tell him hey i'm coming back for wanda as if it's a permanent thing it's like he's making a very huge step and in, in burning a bridge with Terry and all for this thing, like, like the hope that he, he gets a chance to be with Wanda again. And he already knows that this might not last forever. And that that's just like, for a moment, he showed some forethought and then immediately gave in to like his own, personal desires and was like no i'm just gonna barrel in and see what happens after <laughs> yeah and he for wanting to keep it a secret he not only does he tell terry but he also tells cog 
she shows cog cog sees him mm-hmm. so I, I don't know yeah a <laughs> little bit of inconsistency in in character here as he um yeah as he tells it, it's almost like no don't he doesn't want to pay the price is what it yeah. feels like to me. Uh, he doesn't know why. And obviously he is worried about it rolling back. So I think he's just indecisive. Like he doesn't know what he wants. Like he's trying to do the right thing. The smart play is don't tell everybody because this is probably just another mind trick from hell or something. Cause that that's all anything has been for him so far is just, Oh, that's another trick from hell to, you know, put him in a bad spot mentally. And he starts the issue off thinking, all right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the smart play. But then he gives into his emotions and is like, no, I'm just going to do the thing that I want to do because that's it's self-serving and I want my wife back. And he ends up making an enemy of someone that that he just reconnected with, like him and Terry were going at it with, you know, going after Jason. And now he's, he's, you know, burning the bridge. He's declaring war on Terry. <laughs> like, Hey, I'm going to take your wife from you. She was my wife first. So thanks for holding on to her and taking care of her while I was gone. Yeah. But I'm coming back for her. And it's like, like Al's not thinking of her as a person. He's thinking of her as an item. Exactly. Something that he can just take back whenever he wants, whenever he's ready for it. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. She just sees her as this, this means to an end, right? Like, Hey, if I can get her back, that means that I'm not, uh, you know, horrible piece of crap. You know, yeah. There's good in me still. So yeah, she's not a person. She's like a, an objective, you know? Um, and what's it going to do to Cyan? There's no, he doesn't stop to consider that either. So again, Al Simmons being totally wrapped up in his own, his own crap uh, as he, as he tends to do. So, uh, all right. Well, any, any last thoughts about this issue? Nope. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you listening as always, and we will talk to you next time. Later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.